Good morning, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. It's good to see so many here. The gym is full. It's beautiful. <clears throat> Guys, I remember, um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I remember whenever I was in uh, the dating world a long time ago, um, I remember those first couple months of dating, um, you were just kind of enraptured with each other, right? You just kind of always wanted to be with them. You were always thinking about them. And whenever you were together, sometimes you didn't even need to say anything. Sometimes you just stared at each other, right? That, that really goo-goo look that you have in your eyes. You just look into the other person's eyes and you're just kind of captivated as you behold the other person, right? It's a really cool moment of no words being able to capture that moment. You just behold. I would say that this is kind of at the essence, at the center of today's gospel. You see, today's gospel is all about the call. Jesus is now beginning his public ministry, right? This is John chapter 1. If you recall, Jesus gets baptized. He goes out into the desert. He comes out of the desert from 40 days of fighting with the evil one and fasting and prayer. And he begins public ministry. And John has a way of saying, okay, you can tell John, he thinks like a man. Day one, he did this. Day two, he did this. Day three, he did this. So on day one, we see Jesus, um, John basically is being confronted by the scribes and Pharisees. And they ask him, who are you? Are you the Messiah? Because the Jews were waiting for the Messiah. And he goes, nope, I'm not him. I'm just the voice. I'm just the voice crying out in the desert, right? And day two, it says the next day, um, John is sitting there and he is talking to his disciples and he recounts the baptism of Jesus and as he's doing this Jesus actually walks by him in verse 29 and so John cries out tells his buddies like this picture he goes behold the Lamb of God there he is behold him who takes away the sins of the world right crazy and then day three begins today's gospel reading verse 35 in John's gospel um, he says, the next day, day three, John is standing there with his disciples again. They're probably by the River Jordan, and they were probably baptizing or maybe taking a midday break. And, um, and again, Jesus passes by them, and John sees him, right? And what I want to do is I want you to see how many times in just today's gospel there's a reference to eye contact. The word look, saw them, behold seek right all these eye contacts that jesus is going to engage in see there's something very deeply personal about eye contact don't you don't you know that whenever your kids are not telling the truth what do they do they put their head down right they don't want to look at you in the eye right the eye is the window to the soul right so jesus loves this intimate eye contact and you're going to see it all over there's eight verses in today's gospel in six of those sentences will be a reference to see, look, behold. And that is wrapped up in the call to follow him. Okay, so we're going to walk through this gospel and tease it all out, right? So you see John standing with two of his disciples. Um, one of them is Andrew, and we don't know exactly who the other guy is. He's not named. And Jesus walks by, and John goes, look. He looked at Jesus and he proclaims, behold the Lamb of God, right? So just in that one sentence, look, look at him. Don't take your eyes off of him and behold the Lamb of God. Now, behold is a really, really strong word, right? And that whole sentence is something that's kind of strange. 
at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he's called a little lamb, right? Like, why did John use that word? Why? Behold. That means take everything in. Look at it, but don't just look at it in passing. Behold it. Take it all into yourself. Make it your own. Behold the Lamb of God. Why did he say that? Why did he just say something like, like, check it out, y'all. Like, uh, it's Mary's little lamb. <laughs> like, why couldn't you say something like that? Like, it's just Mary's little lamb, like, chilling out by the River Jordan. But there's... There's something deep, and, and, and asking that question, it does go much deeper, but I don't have time to get into it. But I would just say go read Dr. Scott Hahn's book called The Fourth Cup, or Dr. Petrie's book called The Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, or just go read Exodus chapter 12. It's wrapped up deeply in the Passover lamb of the Jewish Passover, that sacrifice killed and eaten for the forgiveness of sins. This is Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And that would be a strange title for me. I don't know about you, but if I was sitting right there and John the Baptist, whom I was following, looks and says, there's the Lamb of God, I would go, mm, I don't know if I want to follow a lamb. A lion, the tribe of Judah? Yeah. But a lamb? I don't know. But they turn. The two disciples hear what John says, and it says, they follow Jesus. And this is where I, I just picture like they're sneaking behind Jesus. They're kind of like hiding behind a tree and they tiptoe and they go hide behind a building. And Jesus knows. I mean, you know when someone's creeping on you, right? You, you know somebody's looking at you. And so Jesus turns. And here's the third time he looks. He turns and he saw them. He engages eye-to-eye -eye contact. He sees them. They're noticed. They're recognized. They're busted. And Jesus Ask them one question. What do you want? That's a really deep question. Jesus cuts to the chase. He's not a guy of shallow words. Jesus, if that was me, I'd have been like, hey, hey guys, like, why are you following me? Like, what's your name? Or who's your daddy? Right? We would ask different questions. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus goes right into the heart. What is it that you seek? He says. He wants to know deep down what they are looking for. And they could have answered it in a very shallow way. Oh, I'd like to learn how to cook. You think you can teach me how to cook fish? <laughs> I'd like to, you know, maybe um, learn how to ride a donkey real good. Can you teach me how to do that? They don't stay on a shallow level. Jesus goes right into their masculine heart. What do you seek? You know, I, I think Jesus asked us that question today, too. Right? If Jesus Christ was standing right in front of you and you were beholding him, you were looking at him face to face, and he asked us that question, what do you want? What is it that you're seeking? Why are you at Mass today? It's not an obligation. Why are you here? What do you want? What would your answer be? Their answer is pretty simple. They just look at him and they say, uh, where do you live? <laughs> are you from Gold Meadow or cut off? Are you up the bayou, down the bayou? Like where you live? And Jesus looks at them and he goes, come and see. Okay, like crazy. He invites them into relationship with him. I, I don't think we can lose this reality. Jesus invites them into relationship. Come and spend the day with me. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. They spent the rest of the day with Jesus. 
Could you imagine? Like it's you and Jesus and a buddy of yours one-on-one for hours. We don't know what that conversation was. They don't record it in the Gospels. But imagine what that would have been and how enamored you would have been by talking to Jesus. I picture them probably by a campfire. I think Jesus slept out in God's big creation a whole lot. And they come and they see. They stay with Jesus. So what do you seek? Again, he wants to look at them. He wants to see them. And we don't know, like I said, what happened in that conversation, but we do know this. We do know that something changed inside of Andrew. Andrew got so fired up that this was Jesus that he goes and he finds his brother. His name was Simon, right? We know him as Peter, right? He goes and he finds Simon, and he was probably just totally ecstatic about this. I could imagine Andrew was just like an extroverted guy, and I could imagine... Peter was probably this hard kind of an extrovert, like a real like hard-headed kind of a guy. And Andrew runs to Simon. He says, Simon, we found the Messiah. You got to come see him. And I just picture Simon going, uh, look, Andrew, I got fishing to go take care of, buddy. You go chase after your little Messiah, and I'm going to go work because that's what I do. Like, uh, what do you think? This is another person saying they're the Messiah, just like the one last week. A lot of people back in those days claimed to be Messiah. And Andrew's like, no, I'm telling you, Simon, this is really the Messiah. This is the Christ. This is the one that Israel has been waiting for for 2,000 years. We found him. I spent the day with him. I had conversation with him. And I don't know how, but Simon was convinced that, well, let me just go check it out. Maybe he just wanted to shut his brother up and he was pestering him. And maybe, okay, I'm I'm just going to go. And I love this encounter between Simon and Jesus. So Andrew brings Simon to him. And it says, He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him. Okay, this is the sixth time that there's reference to engaging, looking, seeking, right? Sixth time. He looks at Simon Peter, and I can only imagine what that look must have said, right? Jesus must have peered deep into the soul of Simon Peter in that gaze of his eyes and seen something in Peter that Peter didn't even see in himself. He saw what was inside of Simon's heart, and he looks at him, it said. He looked at him, and he says, So, you were Simon? Right? So you're him. You're Simon. You shall be called Cephas, Cephas, which means Peter. Okay, put the brakes on. Like, what the heck just now happened? Like, he meets Jesus for the first time, and the first thing he does is he changes his name? Like, we do that when we meet people, right? Right? Especially if we don't know who they are. Like, hey, buddy. <laughs> like, how's it going, buckaroo? Like, we changed their name. But Jesus changes Simon Peter's name on day one. Why? Well, this isn't something uncommon that happens when it comes to people being called by God. If you go to Genesis, Genesis um, chapter 17, we have Abram who enters into a covenant with God and God changes his name. You will no longer be Abram. Your name is Abraham, for you will be the father of all the nations, right? Abraham's name was changed 
because his mission changed. A little bit later in chapter 32 of Genesis, we see Jacob, and Jacob begins to wrestle with the angel, right, uh, with God. And at the end of it, he triumphs, and God changes Jacob's name. Why? Because there's a new covenant that's being entered into. You're no longer going to be called Jacob. Your name is Israel. A new name, a new mission. Peter now receives a new name in order to equip him for the mission of what he does not even understand yet. He has a new name to give him a new mission. Look, it's no different than you and I. Women, whenever you got married, your name changed, didn't it? You took the last name of your husband. Why? Because your mission changed. And then whenever you had kids, both of y'all's name changed. You become mom, you become dad. Why? Because your mission changes. I remember <clears throat> whenever my, my sister, uh, we were hanging out in the kitchen and my nephew was really little and he was trying to get my sister's attention. Her name was Ann. Trying to get her attention and she was busy doing whatever and so instead of, he was going, mom, mom, I need you, mom. Finally he stops pestering her and he goes, hey, Ann. <laughs> my sister heard that one and she said, don't you ever call me Ann. He took her mission away. This was her name. This was her identity. I was bomb, not Anne. The name changes, right? And I think it's really awesome that whenever this happens, it begins between husband and wife with a beholding, right? You have to see your wife. You have to look at her and you go, wow, she swept me off my feet. She's the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. At least that's how it happened in Genesis chapter 2, right? When the original man and woman come into existence, what does God do? He puts Adam into a sleep. He takes one of his ribs. He creates woman. And then God takes woman and presents her to Adam in this royal wedding. She's presented to Adam in this incredible moment. And the first thing Adam does is he beholds Eve. He looks at her. He sees more than just a physical body, but he sees someone who is flesh of his flesh and bone of my bones, he says. Woman is made to be beheld, not grasped at and objectified. And a woman always knows when a man is objectifying her or looking at her in a way that she does not want to be looked at. Woman is made by God to be beheld, to be seen. And in that beholding of one another, eventually names change and covenants happen and the sacrament takes place, right? This is what we're talking about. This is relational, right? In my life, it was the same way. On March the 26th, on that glorious day of 2012, I placed my hands in the hands of the bishop and he consecrated my hands and he laid hands on my head and I was ordained a priest. That Saturday morning, I was just Mitch. But after that, I became father. My name changed. Why? Because my mission changed. I think this is super important for us, right? So anytime we are called by God, it is first an encounter in relationship, right? It's not just Jesus saying, hey, you, go be nice to people. Go help the poor out. No, no, no. Hey, you. That's not what he talks about. He calls us by name. Sometimes he changes our name to prepare us for the mission. And so I want to ask you, when do we hear these words of John the Baptist? We say them every day in Mass, right? 
Every day in Mass, I'm right here. Woo! I'm right here, right? And I hold the Eucharist up. And I say the same words as John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world. And guys, at that moment, that's the moment for each one of us to look up, to look at Him. Don't put your head down at that moment. Look at Jesus. Yes, He don't look like Jesus, right? He's veiled under bread. But when He walked like that, He didn't look like God. He looked like a Jew. He smelled like a Jew. He ate like a Jew. But behold Him. Behold the Lamb of God. He didn't look like a little lamb. He didn't walk around Jerusalem going, ah. He didn't do that. <laughs> I ain't right. Um, he didn't look like a lamb, but he was truly the Lamb of God. And in the Eucharist, he doesn't look like Jesus, but truly is body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so at that moment, when I hold Jesus up and say, behold him, look at him, encounter him in adoration in our chapel, that's your moment to behold him for a whole hour. Like the two apostles who sat with him and just listened. They beheld. And in that beholding came their mission. So I think that's super important for us today. In that moment of Mass, when I'm holding Jesus, I say, behold him. Picture in your mind, you're right there. You're on the shores of the River Jordan with Jesus and John the Baptist. And Jesus is being revealed. And Jesus wants to encounter you. And Jesus wants to give you a mission. Right? But before he can do that, you have to answer the same question that they did. What is it that you seek? What do you want? In the deepest parts of your heart, what are you looking for? That answer determines the depth of the relationship in which we go with the Lord. And that relationship then sends us out to bring the gospel and the good news. Because we bring the good news and we tell people of who we know, who we've, as John says, who we touched with our own hands and saw with our own eyes. I proclaim to you the good news. We have to go and speak to people about a man that we know, that we spent time with, that I've looked into his eyes. And then we go. Then we go, right? So that's where we're at today in Mass. So bring that question to Mass today. And you might not be able to answer it today, but Jesus asked that. What are you seeking? What do you want? And let that encounter then drive us into relationship with Him. Amen?